0: After a firefight, they killed the United States and our allies have prevailed. Welcome to Forecast Roundtable, Forecast International's podcast on worldwide defense and aerospace markets.
1: This is Huma Siddiqui, senior correspondent for the Financial Express. I'm here with Dan Darling, international military markets analyst at Forecast International for today 's podcast, we'll be discussing the Indian defense environment. Some Gulf countries and in India are planning joint naval
0: and air exercises. What is behind this initiative? well uh, to begin with it's it's a reach out beyond the immediate neighborhood for India into the the rim of the Indian Ocean region and establishing closer relations with the Gulf Arab countries, which are vitally important to India because India is a huge net energy importer from the region. So obviously energy supplies, maintenance and security of energy supplies is very crucial to the Indian economy and Indian national security. But there's also, Long-standing relations there, uh, particularly in that India has something like six to seven million expatriates working in some of those Gulf Arab countries, and they contribute uh, about 35 to 40 billion in USD uh, remittances back into the Indian economy. So it's a, it's a productive relation on both ends. Um, India is interested in um, maintaining uh, anti-terrorist uh, relations with the Gulf Arab countries. It's deepening those relations is a way of lessening the ties those countries have with Pakistan. So there's it's a multi-pronged effort. And in regards to the naval exercises, it's a chance for the Indian Navy to act as essentially A soft power diplomatic arm of the Indian state uh, by showing the flag, by uh, doing port visits. It um, says we're involved and interested in this region on a friendly basis. Um, India has traditionally maintained a quote-unquote hands-off approach in foreign policy. I don't expect that to change. I think they uh, maneuver very deftly in that region, and by being hands-off, it allows them also to maintain productive relations with Iran, uh, which also will become a larger um, energy importer or exporter into India in the future.
1: Hmm. Uh, Also, you know, uh, Dan, I just wanted to add here at the end, uh, you know, like uh, we recently had a joint exercise, air exercise with UAE just a week ago, just a week ago in that region. So what do you make of that?
0: I, I think that it's, it's India expanding its... Um uh foreign policy bandwidth and diplomatic outreach i think they are uae is traditionally have very close relations with pakistan so again it's another step in well india's outreach to the uae will not um break the uae pakistan bond it will perhaps mitigate it somewhat and by doing so that goes in india's favor um, the UAE is a burgeoning tier three, tier two defense industrial nation, one of the, um, by Middle East or Gulf Arab state standards, one of the faster growing defense industrial markets. And so um, closer ties also may result in opportunities on both ends to work together whether through joint ventures or by buying each other's, uh, you know, limited hardware. Hmm. Uh, So so I
1: have this another question for you. You know, um, there are a number of defense industries popping up in the Gulf region. Reliance Defense, an Indian company, and Abu Dhabi Shipbuilding recently signed an MOU for Naval and Commercial Services. Are we to see more
0: cooperation between the two regions? It would make sense that um, it there would be. Um, India is still growing as a defense industrial market and they have they've had a lot of hiccups and they have a long way to go. But um the tying up in joint ventures is one way to um create economies of scale. And if it ends up being product lines that both countries need then that's uh, doubly beneficial obviously um, I think the uh, the UAE is is growing in some armored vehicle sectors uh, defense electronics but definitely Abu Dhabi' shipbuilding has been one of their success stories um, India might be better served um, doing joint ventures with Gulf Arab defense firms um, via its private industry because the state is very protective of, New Delhi is very protective of its state arms producers, so.
1: No, uh, in fact, uh, this private company Reliance Defense, it is just going around tying up with the various companies internationally, you know, but they don't have any, uh, they, they just don't have any experience in defense they have All absolutely right, they have- zero they have zero experience in doing any defense production of any kind
0: well um there's definitely going to be some greenfield uh investment that they would have to do um without question the infrastructure is on the the state sector side um however that becomes a, a little more difficult um to form joint ventures with for various reasons, various bureaucratic hoops. Uh, Hal's success stories, if there have been, have been more via the Russian market. Um, And even then, as you've been able to uh, tell from the FGFA and the Medium Tanker Transport um, Initiative, uh, it's very difficult to get those uh, joint projects moving forward. On the government level yes uh, also did you see that news
1: item which i sent you that the indian government and russian government they both have decided to export Brahmos missile cruise missile to uae uae is like top on the list huh india is trying to get very yeah um,
0: yeah that's a good step um and it it makes a lot of sense that uh it's an opportunity to grow a very early stage defense relationship in terms of um industrial trade industrial cooperation um, without question, the Russians are old hands at this um, for india the 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 difficulty will be um beginning to build those uh supply chains and after sales support networks that are vital to becoming trusted and reliable suppliers. Okay. Okay. Uh,
1: So, uh, so I have another question for you. Certainly. India is dependent on import from international defense partners. And and I imagine that is one of the reasons why India is pushing for self-reliance.
0: Why is it a problem to be reliant on international defense suppliers? Well, the defense industry is the most strategic industry in any nation, and one of the major sources of vulnerability comes in the outbreak of conflict if you have a break in diplomatic relations with your uh, supply source. Um, they can cut off sp- uh, after sales support, spare parts, uh, upgrades. Um, it's important that you be able to provide your own ordnance, ammunition. Um, And you have a thriving R&D base, which is, uh, sorry, I said Israel, but India is still um, struggling to move ahead with uh, R&D. The DRDO is basically a state monopoly on it. So um, it's a very different model than, for instance, the United States, which contracts that out uh, to private companies via grants. Yes. But, uh, but, you know, like, uh, in India, what is
1: happening is now we are pushing the SMEs and MSMEs, that is the small-scale uh, companies in the medium. So uh, do you think that is going to have, uh, will they, because government is encouraging them to invest a lot of money in R&D and with government support. Do you think that's going to
0: help? So long yeah, so long as the government is supporting it. But it, it's, it'll be a, a, a gradual process. I do think there have been signs that this current government, the Narendra Modi's government, is, is trying to um, increase the participation of the private sector, which is a good thing. Uh, you should have a diverse, competitive field um, when you're trying to grow your industry. I think one of the in elements that's inhibiting uh, the advancement of India's defense industry is the FDI cap at 49%. I think that does.
1: 49, 49. Yeah, 49%.
0: Um, I, I know they raised it from 26% uh, two years ago, but that's still the golden share belongs to the government. And um, it, it, that and the the blacklisting and the length that uh, corruption trials take in India to um, clear some blacklisted companies, I think it's alternately scared off a lot of companies that, on the other hand, would be very interested in penetrating the Indian market because um, the Indian market is the the largest foreign market um, outside the United States where. Uh, suppliers, vendors, have an opportunity. We're looking at well over 100 billion um, slated to be spent out into the, well into the 2020s. So, the the modernization process is broad for the Indian Armed Forces, there's no question.
1: In fact, one of the companies, uh, Leonardo uh, Finmechanica, has issued a press release to us saying that, you know, the way things are uh, related, uh, uh, the, uh, all these investigations that's going on behind Augusta Westland helicopters. And Finmechanica has been, you know, some of the deals that were in the pipeline for the Navy have been cancelled. So Finmechanica says that it might be forced to assess whether they want to be in Indian market or not. So that's quite a shocker. Uh, no, no company has ever said this before.
0: Yeah, and it's that's particularly hard for the Indian um, armed forces because the Navy requires those Black Shark torpedoes for its new Scorpion submarines, designed to carry them, and uh, that leaves them particularly vulnerable. And these are the kind of consequent knock-on consequences that occur when the habit of blacklisting continues to go on. Um, it's hurt some artillery programs and other programs in the past. Um, and all this is stemming from the VVIP helicopter contract with Augusta Westland, which, uh, you know, I mean, we're, we're what two, three years down the line and this is still, um, having ramifications, negative ramifications on other service branches. And, uh, it's it's something that does leave India very vulnerable at the time. At a time, China continues to make inroads in its own domestic production and uh, military capabilities.
1: And China is actually, you know, like China, China is getting into it big time, huh? I wouldn't be surprised if, from the back, they come with a huge uh, military production lines. And they're really good in reverse uh, engineering. They might, they might come up with a shocker. <laughs> yeah, they've
0: they're they've come a long way, but being cut off from a lot of sources of supply will will do that. Um, I, I think that's the dilemma of India. They haven't been cut off from foreign markets, and yet they're a little bit behind the eight ball um, in regards to. Military modernization and uh, defense industrial growth. So um China did most of it out of necessity. Um, Russia obviously is still a source of supply, but they that need for Russian hardware has been lessened over the past two decades. Um India, can buy from anyone. Uh, the United States has become more and more a defense supplier. Israel is already a big supplier, and we know Russia is a huge supplier for India. Um, but I think one of the worries for India is that China is expanding in the maritime domain into the Indian Ocean region, and the need to keep Uh, sea lines of communication and and energy supply open are very important for both nations. So one would hope that they both see that and um, avoid any conflict, but China seems to be exerting its muscle more and more in the South China Sea to the point of crowding out anybody else's claims, and they seem very determined to um, cement those claims. As we've seen with the island building, um, yeah, activities. they're like they're really on a spree building islands all over. Right, I, I see India is handling the diplomatic side much better than China, but China being very aggressive at this time, um, and again, both countries rely greatly on uh, energy imports from the from the Gulf region, so their, their, infl- their uh, interests collide in that area. Okay, so that about wraps it up. This is
1: Huma Siddiqui. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast on the Indian defense environment.
0: Thank you for joining us at Forecast Roundtable. For more information on international aerospace and defense markets, visit www.forecastinternational.com. Thank <laughs> you.